Well, another protest against the protest laws is planned for tomorrow morning in the city. These are the strict laws the government rushed into Parliament. They took 22 minutes to pass the House of Assembly a week ago in the wake of Extinction Rebellion's both selfish one day, criminal guerrilla tactics the next, which closed down the city two weeks ago now. The opposition and government combining to raise the penalties in the Summary Offences Act, including three months jail and a $50,000 fine, maximum fine, for uh, offenders. A number of traditional Labor-supporting groups from unions down have condemned the laws, and as draconian and uh, anti-human rights, essentially... Uh, SACOS is one of many groups which have combined now to protest these laws. They're calling for uh, a parliamentary review of the bill, which is what normally happens. Uh, unfortunately for all these groups, I suppose, is the government and opposition working together in a bipartisan uh, fashion means these laws will pass the upper house also probably in uh, record time. Ross Womersley is CEO of the SA Council of Social Services and joins me now. Ross, good morning. Morning, Matthew. So the protest tomorrow, 9am at Festival Plaza, I don't imagine you'll be impacting traffic there? No, I don't expect so. I think we're off, out of the way of the traffic, but hopefully we'll be making enough racket to make sure that the, the assembly of people in Parliament House, and particularly the, the Labor caucus as they're, as they're meeting for the pre-parliamentary day, actually gets to hear the the consternation and concern that not just traditional Labor-supporting um, groups have got about these pro the consequences of the, the legislation that got rushed through the House the other day. My feeling, course, my feeling listening to people who call in here, though, is it has the widest community support imaginable. Uh, I don't think there's many people opposed to this, given what we saw a couple of weeks ago in the city. Yeah, it is interesting, but I suppose we have to reflect as a community. And the reason SACOS is so concerned about this, and, and we're not, you, we, will, we will challenge governments of all persuasions when we think they're doing the wrong thing. In this instance, there are no other examples of where we've seen legislation so poorly considered. And, of course, in this context, I mean, I think the only other examples that we really have are where there were uh, moves on the ICAC legislation, that went through pretty quickly, and whenever politicians' pay rises are hmm. um, on the table. Now, politicians are already regarded in our community as not particularly trustworthy, and I suppose when we see behaviour like this, just 22 minutes to put a law through that, that's never really tested what it means, um, that creates a circumstance where those of us across the community ought to be really concerned and ought to be saying to our government, no, you have to stop. You have to make sure that, in fact, um, this gets proper review. And all of the advice that we have from some of our friends in the human rights law um, sector and in the legal sector from the law society down. Even the SA South Australian Bar came out and issued a statement last week saying this is, this is just not appropriate for a democratic state. We need, to, we need the government to actually be stopping to take a breath and give 
gives all of us a chance to really think carefully about what the implications of this legislation are. What should the alternatives be then? Because, look, the laws are clearly designed to stop people, for instance, abseiling down the front of a building and uh, stopping traffic coming into the the city in peak hour uh, at that time of day, uh, effectively shutting it down and near a hospital as well. It's it's an attempt to dissuade that sort of behaviour. And... To, to my way of thinking, that is most welcome and, and frankly, most needed, given what we... An eight-kilometre queue of traffic down Port Road to Woodville, for goodness sake. That's, that shouldn't be happening. No-one should act selfishly like that. Look, there's no doubt that interruptions are part of protest movements. And, of course, we don't want anybody hurt or um, in any kind of... any of those processes. However, I think... A small interruption for those of us, the thing that interruption does for all of us is that it gives us an opportunity to stop and pay attention to exactly what people are trying to tell us and to think carefully. Now, when we think about some of the civil rights that have been won and earned in in our community, women probably wouldn't have had the... South Australia wouldn't have been the first place to give women the vote unless the suffragists had done all of the work and a lot of protest work in order to ensure that everybody in the community understood, and particularly the parliament, understood why it was important that women should have the vote. Uh, Traffic was a lot lighter in 1890, though. uh, It was, but there were... There were, as, as I've read about it through history, there were serious interruptions to the community that were enough for the community to be paying attention and for our political class to be paying attention. So I get that people will, will feel like that's, a, that's an interruption. However, we have to look at what's the, what's the cost here. And if the cost is that we get poor law... And if the cost is that we as a community don't get our rights upheld, then in fact we all ought to be taking to the streets to say this is unacceptable. And and this is just one of those occasions where I think we have to make a draw a line in the sand and say, look, our governments can't just pass a law with no review mechanism and no opportunity for consultation, particularly a law that has implications like this one, they shouldn't ever do that with, in such a hasty and unacceptable manner. The government's saying this law won't stop people protesting in the, uh, show up, I use the term, genteel manner that we are accustomed to. People who, <laughs> who gather in, in Victoria Square and march down to Parliament House, placards, horns, whatever. Uh, but it's done properly. It doesn't disrupt for long. It, it moves on. But as opposed to someone who has tied themselves to a bridge and then needs the fire brigade to come in, resulting in roads closed during peak hour. There, there's a difference in the type of protest. And, you know, we saw the... It, it's criminal at the end of the day. It's criminal behaviour, the, the paint bombing of uh, Santos and the cafe next door. Uh, these things just shouldn't happen. So, if, you know, if you have a for want of a better term, a normal protest, well and good. If you go overboard, you get you get the fines or at least go to court on those charges. So uh, that, there's nothing wrong with that from my perspective. Well, I think, Matthew, the, the thing is that the law already, there's a whole lot of laws that already exist to deal with those issues. So this just adds a whole other set of things. And in the process, one of the things that our, our legal friends have um, raised 
is that there is this question about who might get captured and how many more people, both outside of the protest, might in fact be held accountable for things inadvertently because of the way that this law has been restructured. So that's some of the that's some of the exploration that we think needs to be done in order to ensure that the government the the legislation doesn't have unintended consequences. Mm. The other thing is that yes, the Premier has been, you know, hot on saying we've not changed the public assembly's law. We've not changed the right for people to assemble in public. And that's that's absolutely true. But in changing a few words in this other piece of legislation, they those changes will have a massive impact on how people might um, get captured both by the public assembly's law and how it interacts with the public assembly's law. And in addition to which, the costs that have been the, the um, size of the increase in the fines has been astronomical. Mm. So in fact, we've seen this fine increase in 6,000%. Now, no, I can't think of another time in our history where fines have been increased in that kind of way, in addition to which the protesters will be held accountable for potential costs. Mm. Now, it's my understanding that the other day when the the person was hanging off the bridge, it was the police who made the decision to cut off entirely the Morford Street Bridge. It was the police that made the decision to bring in the um, fire brigade and block North Terrace in that way. Now, we have to consider, um, in this context, the the protesters are being now told they'll be potentially responsible for meeting all those costs as well. No problem with that either. Well, I think that's a way bridge too far, and it it will have a chilling effect on all of our preparedness to actually take to the streets and put these issues on the table in order to make sure that the community and our political class really understand how important they are. All right. So the protest tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Festival Plaza. you expecting many? Uh, look, I'm hoping we know that we've got a really wide range of supporters in this one. It'll be damp, so where you, you know, come prepared for a bit of damp and cold. But yeah. uh, we're hoping there'll be lots of noise some great speeches, and we hope there's a big turnout tomorrow. All right, Ross, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew.